Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift. I'm really excited to have you here today because today we have a true specialist on something that I think that we all need to focus on. I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Mort Orman. He is a, an internal medicine physician with over 40 years of experience as an anger and stress elimination expert. So we all have anger and we all have stress, whether it's through divorce or just through life. So Dr. Mort, I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Well, thank you for having me, Marty. I'm, I'm pleased to be here. And so my, my, here's my burning question. You were, uh, you were an internal medicine physician. What got you to then start focusing in so much on anger and stress? What, what's the origins of that? You said it, being an internal medicine physician. <laughs> I mean, I started, you know, I started feeling stress when I was in uh, college and, and uh, then in medical school it intensified. I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of anger issues, a lot of relationship issues and things like that. And uh, and then um, I opened up my own medical practice and you get a whole bunch of, you know, it's like the stress of running a small business, which they don't prepare you for in medical school. So I had all these stresses coming down on me and then my patients were coming to me um, thinking that I'd be able to help them with their stress, <laughs> their stress. <laughs> and I didn't know how to deal with mine. And so it was like it was a double whammy, you know, because I felt frustrated. Um, I didn't know what to do with their problem. They would unload about you know, not only their health issues, but if their marriage was in trouble or if they're in trouble with their kids or trouble at work or whatever. So they would unload all this stuff expecting that I might be able to do something for them. So it all it all was kind of snowballing. And, and then the other thing is I could see over time the effects of anger and stress on my patients and on their health yeah. and on their life. So I'm, I'm sitting there watching this um, every day, <laughs> you know, seeing 20 patients and, and doing that over a period of time. You know, most people, when you go to work, that's not your experience. You know, you, you don't see the damage that stress does over time. Right. You know, maybe you feel it or something like that. But I was actually seeing the damage and seeing people get heart attacks and strokes and get addicted to the substances and eventually get divorced or something like that because uh, they had a lot of anger. They had a lot of stress. And so I knew that this this train, this stress train was coming for me. And, and I tried, tried all the traditional stuff, traditional anger management, stress management stuff, and it really didn't work well for me. So I made a, fortunately, I made a decision to start doing personal development work very early on in my medical career. And a lot of doctors and busy people don't have time to do that, but I made it a priority. And um, I started learning all kinds of stuff that I was never taught in medical school. You know, I started learning things about myself as a human being. Right. You know, I mean, I said they, they send you out there to take care of human beings, but they don't really teach you about human beings. <laughs> You're not the first person I've heard, the first medical <laughs> professional I've talked to that has said the exact same thing. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, I was learning all this stuff from some really smart people. And, and, and I was starting to realize that a lot of the ideas that I had about life, about myself, about stress, about anger, a lot of the ideas that I had weren't true. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been given to me by other people or by so-called experts or whatever. So I was finding these, you know, that I had all these blind spots and I had all these misconceptions and errors in my thinking. And it kind of opened me up, you know, to asking more questions. So I started, well, what if everything we're being told about stress is wrong or what if everything we're being told about anger is wrong? And so I decided to pursue those questions 
And that took another couple of years of research and training with people and trying to understand what was true and not true. And then I finally hit upon a system that I developed from all that exposure that finally enabled me to just cure most of my um, stress problems. So I went from having a tremendous fear of public speaking. So I, I could never do this back then. Wow. And I, I never would have I never would have volunteered to appear. I would have been shaking, trembling, just uh, just a basket case. But I, I figured out how to get rid of all my public speaking anxiety. Um, I had a terrible track record in my relationships with women. They're just horrible failure after failure after failure. I was able to turn that all around. And and I also had a lot of anger. I mean, I was a very angry guy. I was very volatile. I get angry at my patients. I get angry at my parents. Um, I took up tennis and I was like John McEnroe on the tennis court. You know, <laughs> Some people may be too young for that reference, but he was he was he was in his prime when I was taking tennis lessons and I would stomp around the court and thrash my racket and yell at myself and scream and bother the people and playing on either side of me and at the racket club that I joined. And um, I just couldn't control it. You know, I just nothing. And then until I really had a bunch of these insights and then I was finally able to stop being an angry person. And the last 40 years of my life, I've had almost no anger at all. Wow. And, and when I do get angry, I know exactly what's causing it. I know exactly not just what's causing it outside, but what's causing it inside me. Right. And I, I can identify those causes. I can deal with them very quickly. And in 30 seconds, a minute, you know, I can realize where I misperceived something or made the wrong assumption or didn't see things exactly as they are. And then I, my anger goes away. You know, I don't didn't have to punch a punching bag. I didn't have to run five miles or take deep breaths or count to 10 or any of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, so I discovered all these, uh, I discovered the system for getting rid of most kinds of stress that I was experiencing. And then I said, well, God, this is so important. As a doctor, Mm -hmm. this is so important to people's health. I've got to teach this, you know, I've I've got to share what I've discovered. And so I started putting on seminars and workshops and I've done hundreds of them over the last 40 years with all kinds of people. And, um, just trying to get the word out there because what my what I discovered about stress is almost the opposite of what's being taught by stress management experts. And it's very hard to get the message out because that that message is so strong and everybody's being encouraged to manage their stress. And it's really not, not the best strategy. Well, and I can, I completely, you know, I understand that. I think this whole idea of managing stress and managing anger, it's sort of like, you know, if you've got, um, you know, if you just got hit on the head with a baseball bat in a game and somebody tells you, oh, just take a Tylenol, don't worry about it. Every time the pain comes up, just keep taking Tylenols. That's not going to cure the issue. So I really yeah. like that message that you've got is getting to the, you know, and, and I've always um, in my work, I've always kind of suggested and I don't know if I'm right. So correct me, but anger is really a secondary emotion. There's always something else that goes on before that. Um well, it's secondary. <clears throat> Anger is secondary to a lot of things. But one of the things it's secondary to is our automatic thought processes and our automatic behaviors. So whether there's emotions behind them or it's still primarily you've got to be thinking in certain ways. You've got to be looking at, at the world in certain ways to get angry. And if you're not looking in those ways, you're not going to have the emotion of anger. You may have some other emotion. You know, you may have the emotion of guilt or anxiety or frustration or something else. But each emotion has a very specific um, cognitive behavioral program behind it that we don't normally see. It's just like we don't see the programs in our computers. 
right. you know, war processing program, the operating system. We don't see those programs, but if they weren't there, we wouldn't be able to do anything with our computers. In, in the same way, we don't see the oxygen in the air, but if it's not there, we're, you know, we, we're in big trouble, you know, right. so, so there's this, there are these automatic thoughts. They're not conscious thoughts so much, although they can be, but usually it's just knee jerk. You know, something happens, you see something and it just, your anger just emerges knee jerk reflex. And it's, and what's happened is what's got triggered in your body is certain specific ways of thinking and behaving that most people have never been taught to identify. Yeah. So we're all at a loss on what to do about our anger because all we can do is rearrange the external circumstances of our life if we can, you know, to try and reduce those triggers. And nobody's taught us how to deal with anger on the inside. You know? And I, I love that thing that you just said, and that's going to tie right in with um, with what a lot of the people I work with or people going through a divorce, whether they're men or women are dealing with is the anger is the partner or the, the trigger they in their heads. If they could just get rid of the partner, <laughs> not 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 literally get rid of the partner, but get out of the relationship, all of a sudden their anger is going to go away. And that's not true. I find people, um, you know, that can they actually get more angry, more hostile they be they in they typically engage the partner even if the other part even if the partner wants to walk away and go okay i'm just going to be the best co-parent i can be go live your life and be happy um people will keep trying to get back into that anger situation so is that do you see that as kind of what you're addressing when you teach people about how to manage this yeah, well, again, not how to manage it. I teach people I, how, to, I, I, how to cure I, it, how to treat it. Yeah, yeah but you see how ingrained you see how ingrained the mentality yeah. is in our society that everybody thinks in terms of managing. Um, no, but I, you know, when by the time you get to divorce, there's obviously things that led up to the divorce, and there are big blind spots that both people have in the relationship about what happened, what went down, and their angry feelings and their upsets and all that kind of stuff. So there's already uh, a, a ground of a soil of anger which contributed to the divorce in the first place. And then you go through the divorce and the anger gets worse, maybe. Um, Or even after the divorce, you can have bitter feelings about how it resolved, who got what, how people are behaving now. If you have kids involved, it throws in all that dynamic. So it's anger, anger, anger. Okay. And nobody's, nobody's teaching people how to deal with the anger at any one of those stages. I, I prefer to teach people how to deal with their anger before they get to divorce. If I can get to them early and say, here, look, you're in a relationship, you're in a marriage, anger's going to come up. Here's what you need to know. Here's here's some skill sets you need to have so it doesn't ruin your relationship. But then if you if if I don't get people until they get into the divorce, then I certainly want to help them go through the divorce with as little anger as possible. And even more importantly, so that they can on the other side of the divorce, they're not still bitter and angry at their ex and they don't ruin their next relationship you know, whatever they get into because they haven't learned where the anger came from in the first place through the pre-divorce, the divorce and the post-divorce. It's all the same place. It's coming from those same thoughts, those same triggered automatic ways of looking and thinking that I think it's criminal that we aren't taught this by the time we graduate high school and certainly college. Every college graduate 
should understand what the thought patterns are and the behavior patterns are that cause the most common negative emotions that we experience in life. And if we're not teaching them that, then we're doing them a big disservice. Yeah. Well, and especially like, do you think that the, and this is going back to your, your initial conversation or your initial um, information you shared, do you think the medical field, and I'm not just picking on the medical field, cause I don't think counselors do a lot of this work. Just, I mean, I think they're doing it, but they're doing it from the management side rather than the proactive side. Um, do, do you think that that's being addressed at all in? No, I mean, I was, and I was in that role <clears throat> for 23 years in, in my practice. No, we, we put band-aids on things. You know, we give people medications, teach them stress management techniques or whatever. We, <clears throat> we just teach them how to deal with the symptoms. Right. And most of us don't know how to deal with the causes. So we can't teach our patients that. Right. Now, I through uh, at some point in my practice, I became aware of all that stuff, but I didn't have time, you know, to do that because, uh, you know, because I'm taking care of 20, 30 patients every day. Right. And I'm going to the hospital and take care of patients. So even though I had the knowledge, um, I couldn't really do much in my practice. But then I, I did start to do seminars and workshops and some of my patients attended them and, you know, to try and convey that, that, that those skill sets. And I realized it was a, a failing of the medical profession. It's a failing of the education system. Um, and um, it, it's a failing of the stress management industry. Right. Is we're not teaching people how to identify the internal causes of their various stressful situations in life. Yeah. Um, so how do, if you were to have somebody come to talk to you about this stress management no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Stress. What do you want to call it? Stress elimination. Elimination. Yes. Elimination. Yes. If people want to come and talk to you about that. They're going to come yes. and say stress management, though, until you straighten. No, up. they're going to come and say, Doc, I'm stressed. Can yeah. you help me? Yeah. Okay. So how and, do? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The first thing I'm going to do. Okay. The first thing I know. Okay. When when a stranger sits down in front of me and says, Doc, I'm stressed. Okay. The first thing I know is their problem is not stress. Okay. I know that 100% without even knowing anything about them, okay? So the first thing I'll do is I will encourage them. I will say, let's take this word stress and put it aside for a minute, okay? Are you having any problems in your life? Because that's really what stress is. It's just a word we use for problems. And then they'll start telling me the specific problems they're having. You know, I got, a, I got promoted and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm, I have all this pressure or my kids started using drugs or somebody, the family died or uh, I'm having trouble with my marriage or I'm financial, you know, or COVID came and now my business is shut down. Who knows? You know, there's all different kinds of problems we can have. Or I'm angry all the time. I'm, I'm fearful all the time. I'm worried all the time. You know, it can be emotional things too. So there's this whole gamut of human problems that we put under this banner called stress. And then people have taught us to think in terms of deal with your stress, which is a buzzword. It's a unicorn. Sure. You, can't, you can't get at it. Okay. Well, they should be teaching you to stop trying to deal with your stress and focus on the problems that you're having when you feel stressed because there is a stress response. I mean, there is all that physiology that gets stirred up that people right. study. So I'm not saying that doesn't exist. But what's driving that are the problems that we have, the unresolved problems we have in life or the recurring problems we have in life that are stimulating our bodies more than should be, keeping us from being calm and relaxed, causing us tight muscles and headaches and indigestion and all kinds of other symptoms. You know, and the, the, the whole thing is you need to focus on your problems and then you can get at the causes of each problem. So if anger 
is one of the problems, which is what I focus on with people. I say, okay, if you're having anger and that's a big part of your issue with stress, then let's look at the, let's look at how you understand anger. Tell me what you think is causing your anger. And they'll say, well, it's my spouse, you know, or it's my kids. Sure. Or it's, and, and I would say, great, that's true. Now, what about the other 50% of the puzzle pieces? And they'll go, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about the causes within you. You know, what's, what's being triggered within you? And they say, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. Because that's the blind spot. Okay. So then I have to help them understand what's in that blind spot. So I said, here's how you're thinking when you're angry. Here's how you're probably behaving when you're angry. And, and you, nobody ever taught you that before, right? And then we go, yeah, that's new information, but it's, I can see that it's true. <laughs> I am thinking that way. <laughs> I am responding that way. And I said, okay, good. Now let's look at those specific thoughts and behaviors. Is this thought actually true? They've never looked at it before because they didn't know what it is to look at. Right. And is this one true? And is this one true? And is this one true? And usually you'll find in the string, you'll find one or two that are not totally true. You misperceived something, you misunderstood something, you were taught to believe something that isn't accurate, or you have a behavior that, you know, that is making the anger hang on long. I mean, most anger should go away in 30 seconds, you know, but it doesn't because right. we, we do things that make, you know, we ruminate over the situation, we bring the anger back, we, we, we focus on how justified we are to be angry. We tell ourselves those stories about how we've been victimized. Or we seek revenge, or we want to hurt the other person. Right. None of that gets at, okay, how am I creating my, how am I contributing to my anger? Right. And, and what parts of it are true and what parts of it are not true? Yeah. And that's the analysis you really have to do if you want to eliminate anger. Now, if you want to manage it, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Yeah, you just count to 10 and take some just, deep breaths. <laughs> or get a, get a punching bag and every time you get angry, just yeah. you know, work on the punching yeah. bag. And run. I knew people, every time they got angry, they would run five miles. They felt a little better, but their marriage didn't get better. Right. Yeah, <laughs> because know? they're the same person. What's, what's yeah. that saying? No matter where you go, there you are. Like, there you are. <laughs> you have to change what you're doing. So yeah. this is really this is really refreshing. And, you know, honestly, um, a lot of the divorce coaching I do is when clients come into me, they've got, they're like, that's the first thing they say, I can't take any more stress. And then we start looking at the piece by piece things. And at the end of the call, they go, Wow, I just feel I feel I got a clear picture. I feel great. I'm, you know, I ask them what's you know, what's your stress level now? Oh, it's one or two out of ten. Yeah, because their problem wasn't stress in the first place. It was whatever the things stress. It was whatever the things are that you help them look at differently. Yeah. Get, some, yeah. get some sense that they can do something about, you know? Yeah. 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 So yeah. that that is really amazing. Um what what I was gonna what I wanted to ask you is. Are people pretty good at identifying when when they have anger and stress problems or does yeah. it typically take like a health issue or something else? Well, it may take a health issue to get them to motivated to do something about it, but they've known all along that they were feeling stress and they're feeling anger. That, that's that's those things are fairly obvious to most of us. Um, we just uh, we just just push it aside and, or, or we've been taught to believe it's a natural part of life. You just have to suffer through it, put up with it. It, it. Some people have even taught us that it's necessary to be successful and, and productive, which is all hogwash, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, we, but we have these cultural beliefs that life is just stressful. You can't eliminate stress, so why bother? The best you can do is manage it. And none of that's true. You, you can absolutely eliminate most of your stress. I, I eliminated almost, I suffered for stress in my 20s and 30s for two decades, daily and couldn't do anything to get rid of it. And the last 40 years, it's almost all gone. Yeah. 
And people well, will that say that's fantastic. Not, people will say that's not possible. I'm saying, well, if somebody did it, it's probably possible. <laughs> and I've taught other people to do it too. So it's not impossible. It's just you have to take a completely different way of thinking, a completely different approach to, to you know, you, you stop focusing on symptoms and start focusing on causes. And we all have the innate ability to do that. It's just we don't know how to. We don't have anybody to support us or coach us in how to do that. And we've never seen the benefits, you know. Yeah. So it looks impossible. It looks outer worldly, you know, but it's actually very real, very possible. And lots of people have learned how to do it. It's just and a I question question of when you want. And so you say, you know, so a health problem may motivate people to say, okay, now I've got to do something. Right. But they could have done that, yeah. you know, years before. And so what I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be living, you know, a stress-free life, doing your 30 minutes of meditation every morning and just being totally zen with the world to be able to take advantage of your your coaching and your training. You could actually, somebody could come to you in in a state of being really stressed, dealing with a lot of anger, and you could still teach them techniques to eliminate that stress and anger from their life, even in something like really stressful, like the divorce or a loss of a loss of a partner or a business failure. You can still work with Absolutely. people in those situations. Absolutely. The principles are the same, no matter how bad the external situation is. The, the, you still have to be able to look at the internal side of it. And, and those principles are similar, and a lot of those internal causes are similar that get triggered by those different situations. Right. So once you learn how to identify them in a couple of situations and you see how you can relieve your, quote, stress in those situations, then you start seeing them in other situations where you didn't see them before, but now you know what they are. You've had experience working with them and dealing with them and recognizing them within yourself. You know, it's kind of like those, remember those little hidden picture games in the Highlights magazine? Yes. <laughs> and, and you know, there are all these images buried in the tree, in the trees and in the other kinds. And they give you a list at the bottom of the pit. They say, find the pitchfork, find the, you yes. know, the pot, find the cow, you know, and having that list is very, <laughs> if you didn't have that list, it would make it be much harder, but you know what you're looking for. So then you turn the thing around and you, you stare at it a little bit and, you know, the cow pops out of the tree or, or something, you know? Right. And so that's what it's like. That's, it's very similar when you're trying to identify the internal causes of your stress. You kind of have to know what they are before you go searching for them. And then when you know what they are, you can say, well, is that one in play here? Is that causing my problem here? For example, the, the need to be right is a very common internal cause of problems, stress, relationship failures, anger, all kinds of stuff. Okay. We don't see that cause. Okay. We don't see that that's operating in us as a driving force, that we really, really want to be right and need to be right. And we'll do what we need to do to be right, and it'll cause problems for other people in our lives, not some in addition to ourselves. So we don't see that. That's an example of an internal cause that we don't see. Well, if you know that needing to be right is an internal cause that's likely to come up when you're stressed, then you, when you're checking off your list of, well, what are the things? Yeah, I can't see them because I mean, they're invisible, but what could they be? You know, you get your list of usual suspects after right. a while. And you go, well, am I trying to be right here? Ooh, yeah, I think I am. <laughs> am I trying to control something that I have no business trying to control? Ooh, yeah, I think I am. <laughs> am I trying to make other people do things I want them to do? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that slipped in there, you know. So when you have the, when you have the, the, the matrix of your, what's making up your internal 
things have been conditioned within you. These are all conditioned into us, into our brains and our bodies that we just automatically react that way or, or see things that way. Then you start to understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling and having the problems you're having. And until you've got that roadmap, until you understand yourself and your internal causes better, you don't have a chance of dealing with the root causes of your stress. The best you can do is just manage them. Manage. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, I think that that's phenomenal. And thank you for giving that example. I think that makes it really clear um, the kind of, the kind of detail that you have to get down to, to really understand this. So, Dr. Moore, you have shared a ton of information and it's been fascinating. I could go for another half an hour, by the way. <laughs> I don't think people want to sit and listen for that long. So um, what do you think is the most important thing that people should remember from our conversation? Kind of that golden nugget that you want them to remember when they shut off the podcast and go about their day. Well, I mean, I have a ton of stuff that I could share with people that are really important principles that I've learned over the last 40 years. But we just the, the one that we talked about is it, to me is the most important. If you can just retrain yourself that every time you hear the word stress or you use the word stress, you switch it to problems. You don't have to get rid of it because we're not going to get rid of it. OK, just like we're not going to get rid of the management idea. It's just ingrained. It, but whenever you hear yourself thinking I've got stress or I'm stressed, Say, no, I'm not stressed. I have problems. And that'll force you to, to the next question, which is, okay, what are the problems I'm having? And then the next question is, well, okay, for each of those problems, what are the causes of each of those individual problems? And that'll get you on the right track. Now, it's not, it's not going to magically happen that you're going to get at the answers, but at least you'll be asking the right questions. Right. The worst question you can ask is, how can I deal with my stress? Right. That's a definite failure question. Yeah, it's a loser. Just add stress. (laughs) It it can. Yeah, it can. It'll frustrate. Yeah, because then you'll go out and you'll try to as best you can. You'll try to deal with stress and you won't succeed. And then you'll have more stress because now you've got the failure and the frustration and the guilt or whatever the shame or whatever you think, because you think you should have been able to because nobody's told you that was a stupid thing to try to do in the first place. Right. You know. Don't try and go after stress. Go after problems. Problems. I love that. Get specific about the problems and get specific about the causes. And you'll and then you can ask people if you can't figure out the answers yourself, you can say, "Hey, I'm getting angry all the time. I'm trying to understand why I'm getting angry all the time. I can't figure it out. Do you have some answers for why me and other human beings get angry all the time?" And you'll run into some people that might have some answers that are useful. If you run into me, me, I'll have a lot of answers. (laughs) (laughs) And and helpful answers, too, by the way. Um, Dr. Morton, people want to reach out to you, learn more about what you do, connect with you. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, well, I have a a free gift for everyone listening, um, and it's probably it'll be in the show notes if they want to get it there. But it's I've got a free report, short PDF report called the best anger elimination method you can find. And it's kind of what we've been talking about, but it gives more details about that method. And people can get it by going to the uh, theangersolution.org, theangersolution.org. And, and that'll be in the show notes if they forget that. They, and, it sure will be. And thank you so much for that gift because, um, and I'm going to encourage everybody, go to it. I think I'm going to go get one just <laughs> because, hey. I think we can all work on anger. <laughs> it'll, also, it'll also get you on my email list. And I send out emails every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday about anger and stress. And I pick a topic each week and I break it into three pieces. And then I share those Monday, Wednesday, Friday discussions of that topic. And so people have really commented that they got a lot of value out of that. And I'm, I've been doing it for like 12 years now. So 
I'm going to say I am on your list and I, re- I very rarely uh, read emails that, you know, that people send me every week. And I've, I have tons of people, you know, that send me summaries and helpful tips and all that kind of stuff. And I just don't have time to read them, but I make a point of reading yours. They are very informative and they're very, um, they, they give you a new way of looking at it that is, but still very science, science-based and very authentic and very insightful. So I, strongly recommend getting on Dr. Mort's email list because he really does um, give us some great information. So thank you so much for taking the time and doing this. I really do appreciate uh, your time and wisdom and effort in coming on the podcast today. And um, everybody else, I hope that you listen in for next week's episode of The D-Shift. Thanks for listening and supporting The D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.